You're listening to a podcast from Victory Alabang. Why is the campus a strategic location to reach the next generation of leaders? Know more about this message by John Biron and Rina Ramirez. Good afternoon, everyone. This is actually my third time to preach and third time na po pinagpapawisan yung kamay ko. <laughs> but what I'm encouraged is the same Holy Spirit that speaks through our pastors is the same Holy Spirit that will speak through me. And it's the same Holy Spirit that is inside each and every one of you who knows Christ and who, have a, who has a relationship with Him. The same Holy Spirit that will drive us to preach the gospel, to change this nation, to change the world. Amen? So this Holy Spirit is not just limited to the elders. Okay, mga nakaka-relate. Hindi po ako yan. Okay. He is not even limited to the youth. He's not ashamed to use the young generation because He promised that He will pour out His Spirit to the next generation. Our sons and daughters will prophesy. Our young men will see visions. And old men will dream dreams. This is the power of the Spirit. And that's the reason why I stand here and I pray that He'll be the one to speak through me because my words may never be enough. But when He speaks through our hearts, our hearts will be gripped and He will change our lives. Amen? So let's be expectant. I may just be a channel, but we pray it's the Holy Spirit who will speak to us today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ariel. Oh, you, you, you love Pastor Ariel. You honor his leadership. Can we give him a... <laughs> Pastor Ariel, we're proud to be called your sons and daughters. Because <laughs> he is our spiritual father who always, his heart is always for us. And his heart is also for the next generation, for the campus. And we want to honor him for his leadership. Thank you, Pastor Ariel. And also for our ministry partners, some of you are here. Thank you for praying with us, praying for us, and thank you for investing financially in seeing the lives of the next generation change for the glory of God's name. And so last week, Pastor Edre preached about the next generation and his heart for the next generation. What were his three points? He told us that we should go to the next generation and see potential in them, set them up for leadership, and strengthen their faith. So I will now make cuento. May cuento. May cuento of, what we, of my friend years ago. Okay? This friend of mine, about five years ago, he was so insecure. Okay? So insecure that what he would do to fill up his insecurity is to go to a computer place and play Dota for three days and three nights straight. Okay? Without going home, without changing clothes, okay? without taking a bath. But of course, he breathes when he plays. And then that would be his sense of affirmation because he feels like if he's able to achieve it, if he's able to be the top of the game, then he feels affirmed. Ah, that's me. And this is a picture of my friend. <laughs> Happens to be me. <laughs> but you know what? If you can see there, I may look like a Tarshir, but please. This guy who was insecure before, they didn't have any purpose in life. Someone, a campus missionary, actually went to my campus. Now I was in high school, fourth year high school. And then he singled me out and he told me, you know what? God has a plan. God has a purpose for you. I believe that when the Holy Spirit comes in you and the love of the gospel would drive you, you would be changed and you would preach the gospel powerfully. You would preach with anointing and people will hear the message of the living God through you. Back then I was like, huh, yeah, right. Yeah. But now here, I'm a testimony. 
of what God was able to do in the campus. That's why I will be preaching to you about the campus, why we need to go there. Because if no one went there, there would be no John, there'd be no John Biron to preach here in front of you. But you see, if we go out there in the campuses, disciple them and believe in them, you, we might be able even to see the next senators, the next presidents who would be knowing Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So that's what I want to present to you today. And then, not only that, among here you have Instagram accounts. Oh, kunti lang. Okay. Instagram, we have a Young People of Alabang. That's just my story. But then here is featured our youth who have a lot of stories. Some of them are fatherless. Some, are, oh, some of them are filled with insecurity. And then they came to a point that they met Jesus and their lives were radically changed. And if you want to be encouraged, please go to that, visit that, share it, because that's what God is doing in the next generation. That's what we are doing in the campuses. So, why campus? Why am I so passionate preaching here in front of you? I want to present to you the need why we go to the campus. So can we all stand up as we look in the book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 8 to 10. Can we all read this together? It says here in verse 8, And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. Father, we thank you. More than, Lord, our heart for the next generation, more than our hearts for the campus, we pray that right here in this moment, would you send your spirit to be the one to bear witness of the Father's heart for the next generation, of the Father's heart for the campus. So, Lord, our lives will be changed, that we will be driven by the things of our Father, like Father, like children, so we want to be able to reflect the love and the goodness of, that you have for us. Lord, we stand here willing to listen to what you have to say to us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We now take your seats. So just a little background. This book of Acts was actually written by Luke. Okay? And this story was about the Apostle Paul. Who is the Apostle Paul? You might be asking me. Perhaps it's your first time. See, Apostle Paul, po, he was the one who is so passionate. Okay? He, he is uh, a follower of Judaism. He, he is so much passionate to the point that he would drag Christians and some of them he would kill. Give permission to kill. Who among your Christians here? Who among you want to be dragged? Oh, pull me. That is what Paul did. But then, when he was on the road to Damascus, he met Jesus, a guy who so much persecuted the church. Jesus would meet him, and Jesus told him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. You see, when persecution comes, Jesus affirms it with us. Jesus is with us in it. He was identifying with his people. And then Paul knew the gospel. I, I, think it was th- I feel like he was thinking, wow, I was killing your very people. But then you would come and you would forgive me? For some of us, you may feel like, ah, I've done something that's really, I forgive me, Lord. But I come to preach to you now that there is forgiveness in the name of Jesus because he died for our sins so that we can be reconciled to the Father heart of God, to the Father himself. And what happened when Paul met the gospel, his life was radically changed. From persecuting Christians to be the one defending the very faith that he once destroyed. That's what happens when the gospel penetrates a life. 
there's a rerouting that happens. He may have gone here this way, leading to death. But then God intervened now with living into life. For some of you, the Holy Spirit comes and leads us. He will lead us into the path of life. And then, where was Paul preaching? He was preaching in Ephesus. Say the word Ephesus. Uh, I, I feel like a teacher. Ephesus. What is Ephesus? It's like a port city. It's a, it's a city of connections. Okay? Lahat do pumupunta doon. They would, they would trade. It's like Manila. They would go there, trade, exchange things. So a lot of people, it's a, actually a busy place. Almost 300,000 people would flock there and then leave again. Because it's a port city. And what was he doing there? Okay? He was preaching the gospel. Of course, he is a missionary. Paul is a missionary. The first thing that he went to is the synagogue. The synagogue is the church where Jews flock in. It, the Jews, they, they go there. Okay? And then what Paul did for three months, he preached the gospel. Boldly, reasoning, persuading them about the kingdom of God. And you know what happened? This was the result. Very encouraging result. Some became stubborn, continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way. It's like this. You've invested so much emotion in a person, and that person goes away with that piece of your heart with him. (sighs) Or perhaps if you're a business person, you've invested in this deal. Okay, and then there was promise. There's a great return of investment here. Mag-invest ka ng piso, one million yan in one month. You invested. Okay, I'm going to invest 10 million to this. Ilang billion yan exponentially. And it turned out to be a scam. Ko ako si Paul, that would be what I... Grabe, nag-invest ako na so much time, reasoning, speaking boldly to you. And this is what you would return? Being stubborn, being unbelief, speaking evil? Sometimes, that's how we are with God. He would love us so much, speak to us so much. Sometimes because of our sinful nature, we go away. But then He is so much forgiving to us, right? He still loves us. His love never, never changes. It's still the same. So what happened to Paul? Instead of being discouraged, Ay, grabe, di nila grabe. What he did, okay? Ay, nyo ako pakinggan? Oh, I'd go to another opportunity. Okay, that's why he went to the Hall of Tyrannus. What's the Hall of Tyrannus? Or T-Rex, no? Tyrannus. What's with the Hall of Tyrannus? The Hall of Tyrannus is a place where a lot of things are happening they have a, they call this a, like a siesta time. Like in Spain, they'd be, they'd close the establishments just so that they can rest and like sleep. Diba? Sana meron din tayo dito sa mga work natin. Or like, kunyari, from 11 to 4, you can just rest and sleep. Diba? Sarap nun. Woo! 11 to 4 p.m. That's what happened there. In the Hall of Tyrannos, from 11 to 4, people would flock in there just to exchange ideas, exchange ideologies, exchange worldviews. So Paul saw that opportunity and seized it. Oh, there's an exchange of ideas here. Okay, I'll preach the gospel here. So he's preached the gospel recent daily. People from all walks of life would come there to the Hall of Tyrannus. Earlier, I said it's a port city. So they would go there, and then after a while, they would go back to their province or regions where they were. So what's the modern equivalent of the Hall of Tyrannus? Where a lot of people are there exchanging ideas, exchanging worldviews, coming from all different walks of life, different culture. That's the campus. So why the campus? Why do we need to go to the campus? So just like Paul, he saw the unique opportunity of openness. Last week, Pastor Edre led you into the virtual world, right? Okay. Okay. So he was sharing about the virtual world, and now I want 
to let you in into the nurse's world. Because I'm a nurse, okay? I was nursing the body then, I'm nursing souls now. Okay, that would sink in. <laughs> okay. Okay. They, oh, great, great. We're so fast. 10 MBPS. Okay, uh, so <laughs> what happened was the children, actually, their neurons. So among you here, you have neurons. Yeah, that's all of us, okay? That's all of us. The neurons are nerve cells that would actually get stimulus from whatever we see and then it would translate in our mind so that it can be interpreted and then there could be action. Okay? So us, as adults, our minds have already been formed so that whatever we come in, it's either we reflect it or we reject it. Either we reflect on it, ah, uh, okay, or, ah, uh, no, no, I reject it. You see, children are different. Children's neurons are so many. Their minds work like sponges. Whatever we put in there, they would absorb it. So ano lang po nangyari? I was I was in the park in our village one time and then I was just sitting there relaxing having my siesta and then I saw this little child little cute child with her household help okay taking care of her nasa swing sila so she's like ah, just doing that just doing that and then the household help had another household help with her so they were talking oh alam mo ba friend something like this something like that Okay, so the child was like enjoying. And then in the course of their conversation, the, the house help said, Grabe, ba't mo siya tinitext? Ang pangit mo kaya? And then the child just said, Ha ha, pangit, pangit, pangit. Without even knowing what that word means. Because you see, there's an openness in children. Whatever words that we speak will have power to either give them life or destroy them. So when you see a next generation, I pray and I urge you, speak a word of encouragement to them. That might be the only thing that they need because even in their families, they cannot find that. Or perhaps that's you. You've been saying, yeah, I've had my father and my mother, but they never really affirmed me. Right now, the father is here to affirm you, that you are loved, that you are precious, you're accepted, you're forgiven, and you're redeemed. Because of what Jesus did for you. Not based, just like what Kersey prayed, not based on our own doing, but based on what He did for us. There's a unique opportunity of openness. But if we don't seize it, this is actually like a double-edged sword. It can go to the good thing or the bad thing. If we don't disciple them now, we'd lose them to these things. Do we want these things to disciple our generation? Or they're not things pala, this shows these people. If we don't actively disciple them, we'd lose them to the world by default. That's why you'd see children who dance like, ah, like some, because they see it in YouTube. That's why we see children, ah, I want to be like mysterious girl. I want to be like Aldab. Why? Because they've been exposed and because of this openness, it comes into them. It comes into them. It registers in, in their minds and it would later affect the way they live. Now, we cannot always, like, hindi naman natin pwede sabihin, oh, wag ka manug ng YouTube, ah, dyan ka lang sa kwarto mo. Ako na magtuturo sa'yo. Wala, hindi ka lalabas. Hindi natin sila pwedeng ganunin. But what we can do is, since we cannot prevent that, 
we instill something that would repel that, which is the gospel. That's why we need to preach the gospel to them as early as it can be. Because the gospel will captivate their hearts. And whatever the world throws at them, oh, the gospel will be the one to defend them. The gospel will be the one to empower us to live a life holy for the Lord. The gospel will be the one to bring change, not only to ourselves, but even to our families, to our regions, to this nation, and to the whole world. If they don't have the gospel now, where would they be? You see, the enemy will come to kill, steal, and destroy. This is the inheritance that God has given to us, the next generation. So if we're not fighting for them, we'd lose them by default. So I urge you, sons and daughters of God, make disciples of the next generation, and then we will see this nation change because our God is the Lord and our God is good. So what are we doing here? Why the campus? Yesterday, I want to share with you, we had a youth service. So we were here. That was just yesterday. What happened is, we were preaching. Okay? I was preaching. And then, earlier, we asked, if you want to receive the power of God, if you, want, if, you, if you no longer want to live for your own life, and you want to receive this love that Jesus alone can give and be changed and be empowered by His Spirit, I want you to run here in front. Lo and behold, you're sitting there, eh? you're sitting there, that became empty. They were all here in the aisles. They were all raising their hands, crying, asking for the baptism of His Spirit because they know, I cannot do it on my own. I've tried. I've tried so hard doing it on my own. I always fail. But with the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us, then we can. Because it's not by might nor by power, but only by the Spirit of the living God. That's what happened here. That's why I urge you, if you know someone, the next generation, high school manyan, or even if grade school, send them to the kids' church. If high school, college, bring them here in a youth service. Not, this is not just a daycare center. This is where children, youth, next generation, encounter the living God. And I hope you get to see them, how passionate they are in worshiping God. They would literally kneel down just to show the reverence for the sovereignty of our God. This is what we're doing. And I'm actually a campus missionary in Southville. Anyone here from Southville? None, okay. From Southville. So what am I doing there in Southville? I would hang out with, uh, with men and women, students, high school students. And one time, I went to the guidance office. Okay, so I went there to the guidance office. And then I saw this guy. He's like 5'10 tall, but he looks so young. Like, sabi ko, wow, grabe, high breed. So I went to him. So I, asked, I was curious, like, hey, oh, what's your name? Like, what's your age? And he was like, uh, parang sa isip niya, okay na kausap, parang weird mo naman. So, I was, so he was like, uh, I'm 14, okay. So I asked him, okay, so is your, uh, is your mom tall or is your dad tall? And he was, he went away. <laughs> wow! I felt rejected. <laughs> Lord, I came here to preach. And then I feel rejected. But then what happened after? So, I get over na yung, get over na ako. From rejection, thank you Lord, there's Jesus, di ba? When I got over it, the next week, I met his aunt. Pa- apparently, his aunt attends here. 
So her aunt was telling, Oh John, campus missionary ka pala sa Southdale. You know what? I have this pamangkin. He's 14 years old. He's so tall. And I was like, Huwag masabihin yan yan. Huwag masabihin siya yan. Okay, pwede ka ba tingnan yung picture? Then she showed, di ba? Proud pa siya. Oh, ito siya. Ha? Sinab niya ako nung last eh. Di ba? Ginusto ko ngang makausip siya eh. And then what happened was, we arranged a meeting. We met in Southville. He approached me. He apologized for being like snobbish. Pero hindi naman pala siya snob talaga. Nawirduhan lang siya kasi ang weird ko na nga man talaga. Wow, ang laking tarshare pumunta dito. Di ba? So, after that, we, he, he got discipled. We went through one-to-one. And amazingly, I lent my Bible to him. I told him, okay, you read this, ha? Huh? Read this, okay? And then he, he actually read it and he would tell his classmates about it. You know what? This word says here, I got this Bible from Kuya John. You know what? He's, he's teaching me about Jesus and all that. And then he invited his mom. Even his siblings went to the kids' church. His mom would attend the service. And he would always text me, para, Kuya John, ano, kailan na tayo ulit mag-meet? Kami ko, wait lang, di ba? Kakamit na natin kanina, di ba? <laughs> he would be like that. So passionate. So passionate. And then something happened. I'll make it quento later. That's the impact of what the gospel does. You can't help but overflow with this love that you received. You can't help but tell people about it. You can't help but testify about it. Hey, this is who I was before. I was so broken. I was so lost. But then Jesus came in. Now I am found. And I live a life to the full. We can't help but be amazed by the gospel. Be amazed by the beauty of this Jesus that we serve. Be amazed by our Father who loved us unconditionally. And be amazed by the Holy Spirit who would love to dwell in our hearts despite our own wretchedness. This is the God that we serve. And when the Holy Spirit is in us, He will empower us to make impact not only in our lives but in our families, in this nation, and the whole world. This is the impact. What God does. And then what happened? Ano ba impact? Let's go back to Paul. He was reasoning in the hall of Tyrannus. It's as if he was reasoning in the campus. What happened there? In verse 10, it says, This went on for two years. So Paul was preaching. Okay, two, no. this is what happened. This is the gospel. So that all the Jews, say the word all. All the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Ephesus is just a small part of Asia Minor. But because of what Paul did, diligently speaking the gospel, perseveringly preaching the gospel, everyone in Asia heard. Imagine if we do that in the campus. Preach the gospel there. In two years' time. It's as if we're preaching in UP, and after two years, the whole of Luzon came to know the Lord. That's what happened to Paul. But sometimes it's hard to see the end from the beginning, right? But if you can see... uh, a youth na yan? Ay, parang... Mm-hmm. But then, we must not see the way we see. We must see how the Father sees them. So that we can be able to disciple them towards where God wants them to be. If my disciple, if the campus missionary followed up with me, didn't see potential in me, I don't think I would be able to preach here in front of you. But because someone believed in me, because someone challenged me, because someone discipled me, ingrained the, the gospel in me, then I can speak to you. What if we do that in the campus? What if all the children will get to know what I've known? 
What if everyone would get to know the gospel? What kind of Philippines would be, would be able to live in? So that's what happened. And I want to share with you stories of people, students that we have here. First, this is Jolo and Migo. They're the Austria brothers. Okay. I met them two years ago in a campus series like this. So afterwards, we had a sign up there. Like if you, like we, we did an altar call. If you have children, you want them to enroll. You, not really enroll, but you want them to attend the campus, the, the campus thing, that, the youth service that we have, go there. So I met them. So, Uy, wow, hey, bro. Musta? And then, sabi ko, okay, you don't have a group yet. Okay, be a part of my group. I discipled them. When they both went through Victory Weekend, Jolo was so much driven by the gospel, he started inviting his friends, his classmates. He was so much driven that whenever he has a recitation, he would preach about the gospel. Mom, because I think um, physics is about the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah! Mom, how do you feel the presence of God here? <laughs> He would, he would be telling me, Kuya John, alam mo ba kanina? We had this reflection in values and basta nag-pull out na lang talaga sinulat ko doon no? para preaching, oh. Sabi ko, Ay, amen, amen, bro, amen. Nang-encourage <laughs> ako, parang wow, grabe. He would do that. And right now, he is the, he is a basketball varsity. He is the captain. He's also the president of the class. Why? Because he's good? No, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of him. It's the Holy Spirit who accomplishes things in his life. So that's Jolo. How about Nigo? Okay, Jolo pala is 16 years old. Imagine, 16 years old would be able to do that, not because of his talent, but because he allowed the Holy Spirit to move through him. Now, Nigo right here, his brother, the second child, also encountered the gospel. That was when he always verbalizes the gospel to me. It's as if parang, wow, man. Parang sabi na, Kuya John, grabe, no? God would love a basura like me? Parang, sinong taong gagawa nun? Parang, kukunin niya ako sa grasa, sa lugmok ko, tapos, He would actually restore me and love me? Oh, man, this God. 14-year-old would speak about that. Parang, wow, 14-year-old ako, grabe. Nasa dotahan ako. Ikaw, gospel na, di ba? What happened here to him was, in one of the life workshops that we, that we had, we invited him to testify before his classmates. So his classmates was like here, 130 of them. Okay? 130 lang naman. Konti. Konti lang. Then he went there. I come here to preach before you. Before you know my life. I'm like this, I'm like that, I'm insecure. But right now I preach before you because I know that my God took a trash like me and transformed me to live this life. Love me so much. And I want to preach to you about him. Afterwards, Almost 90% of his classmates received the Lord. That's the caliber of the students that we're reaching in the campus. If we don't see them the way God sees them, we won't be, we won't be driven to disciple them. But we must not see them the way we see them. We must see them the way the Father sees them and allow His Holy Spirit to minister to them so that they can be what God has called them to be. The world changers that God has called them to be. And if you're here, you're a youth, I'm preaching to you, you are a world changer. Yeah. It may not seem so now, but I tell you that you are a world changer. Yeah. 
And perhaps you may, ay, napaglipasan na po ako ng oras. Napaglipasan na po ako ng panahon. No. You can disciple the next world changer. You can impart life to them. You can strengthen their faith. You can set them up for leadership. And you can see the potential in them and disciple them towards where God wants them to be. We all have a part to play. That's why this is a partnership between the now generation, the next generation, and the older generation. We all have a part to play because this is our church and our Father is gathering us all towards this. And then, we also have this story. Okay, this guy, grabe, di ba? You can see the potential in him. I, I see it. Hallelujah. Grabe. I'm so, I'm so moved. <laughs> but this guy... We met him 2008. And then, it was in a life workshop he got saved. Okay, He got saved before he was studying to excel, studying to be affirmed. Studying so that he feels like, parang yung na-feel ko dati sa Dota. Pag-tap ako, para, hmm So that's also what he felt. And then afterwards, when he gave his life to Jesus, his values was changed. Sabi niya sa campus missionary dati, now that I'm changed, I want to still study so that I can bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. I want to study so much because I want to glorify this God who gave his life for me. What he did, he did study. He came to UP and he graduated as cum laude. Maliit na bagay, nutrition. But wait, didn't end there. Diba dati, sometimes if we get, I know, if we get our achievements, we're like, ah yes, I did it, not him. Okay, I did. Lord, we did it, ah. Now, next naman, I have a board exam. I want to study to be a top-notcher. Wow. Big word. Top-notcher. So what he did, he would diligently study. Like, after our youth service, a lot of our youth would go there in groups, talk about life, talk about what God is doing in the campus. He would go home, study. Sunog kilay. But then, what happened after the board exam, sadly, he became the top one. <laughs> top one, friends. Top one in the whole Philippines. It was two points from the second place. Why? Because he was so consumed with the gospel. I want to be able to honor this one true God and King who gave His life for me. So he was telling, this is not about, I am ex- this is not about me because I'm excellent. This is, about this, this is about this God who loved me so much, who would do things through me. It's not by my might nor my power, but by the Spirit He would testify. So he, he actually uh, gave a message in the, in the town hall, mayor's office, Montinlupa City Hall. He gave a message there, testified there, testified to his oath-taking, and now you can see him in television. He's part of National Nutrition Council. He would, te- he would, be, he would always be sent pag may mga interview about nutrition. Okay, so RJ, ano na bago ngayon? May go, grow, and glow na ba tayo ulit? And he would be, yes, meron pa! He would be doing that. But wait, his dream doesn't end there. He wants to be the next DOH secretary because he believes that if God sets him to that position, he would be able to influence his down under with the gospel that would change their lives. This is the caliber of the youth that we are reaching out in the campus. If we see him, he may look like a drug dealer before. But if we didn't see the potential in him, where would he be now? Lost in his insecurity? But because the gospel so penetrated his heart, now he's doing things for the glory of God. 
So if the gospel has also penetrated your heart, it would move you to do things to be the salt and light where God has called you to be for His glory, for His honor. Amen? So I want to share, talking about impact, I want to share this stage to a woman who has had a lot of impact in our lives. As campus missionaries, we saw how God used her despite the things that happened to her, despite the words that, that came like arrows to her. She was able to get up, not because she's good, but because the Holy Spirit is in her and affirms her. So I want you to listen with open hearts and open minds to what God has to say through Rina Ramirez. Rina. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name again is Rina from Sintmega, Alabang, and thank you for your John for that wonderful message. And um, as Pastor Ariel mentioned earlier, Pastor Edry talked about my story and how God changed my life. For, for those of you who haven't, let me tell you a glimpse of it. So, um, I grew up in a Christian family, but I did not exactly realize what the gospel is. So I started questioning God, why did He create me like this? Why am I this? Why am I insecure? Why am I so afraid? So before, even if you ask my name, He had a name, I won't even answer you. Because I was so afraid to talk. I was afraid to speak in front of the crowd. And I felt so scared because I felt like people would reject me. People would push me away because it happened to me a lot. Like when I asked them, can I join you in lunch? They would say no. And I felt like, But when I encountered the gospel, my life changed. My life was transformed. And you know, when I encountered the gospel, I felt like, God, ito pala ako. That I am your princess, I am precious, I am strong, I am confident, that no matter what the world tells me, that's not who I am. You know, the impact of the gospel was so intense to me. That led me to a point to share my own experience to other people. You know, parang yung feeling ko na, no, I can't just stay here and shut up. Because the gospel is meant to be shared. Yung feeling na parang, I can't, I can't just stay in my house and just preach the gospel to myself. But I'm gonna go there, preach the gospel to my blockmate. Because the power, the same spirit that changed me, the same spirit that will transform my campus and my generation. And if you're here and you're a parent, please do not give up on your children. Don't give up on believing in them. Don't give up encouraging them. You know, personally, I am thankful for my parents. Because even though, despite the fact that my dad is a pastor, it didn't matter at all. Because... I questioned God for who I was, for what I am, why, why this, why that, why, you know, why do I have to 
the rules that you think. But the fact that my parents encouraged me, the fact that my parents spoke life even when I was dead, they spoke blessings to me even when the world was cursing me. And I'm thankful for that. You know, I remember my dad, when I was looking at myself in the mirror, I was crying. And I'm, and I'm, I was like, Dad, may magmamahal pa kaya sa akin? And he was silent, and he just hugged me, and I felt like, that's the love that I needed. Parents, if you fail to, to encourage your children, you're actually allowing the enemy to define them. You're allowing your children to, to be defined by the world. And they will, you know, if you, you fail to understand the power of the gospel, the power of encouragement, they will find your affirmation and love outside your home. Or probably, you're a young professional, you're not a parent, you're, you're just a professor, or you're a call center agent, or a businessman. You can actually make an impact. In fact, you can pray, because your prayer reaches out the generation. You know, you may think that prayer is a small thing, but remember that there is power in words. But if the words brought me death and agony, how much more the words that we utter before God? How much more the words that used to speak life? How much more the words that we used to point them back to the truth? In my campus, I, wherever I go, whether I'm in the cafeteria, or I'm in the library, or I'm in the hallway, I would always declare that God, lahat ng uupo dito, lahat ng kakain dito, lahat ng mag-aaral dito, they will encounter you. It may sound a simple prayer, but I believe in the power of it. There is power in prayer. Because prayer has the power to change lives. It has power to change families, to change a generation, a nation, and the world. You may be one, but you can do something. You know, and my story is just a product of the gospel. You know, if I was this, you know, a girl who was insecure, who was, you know, afraid of everything, you want to see more of students like me who will stand up in front and preach the gospel no matter what. You know, I have one blockmate that I reached a year ago, and she was suicidal back in high school. And all the more than she became disappointed, to say, Sagbay lang. Not, she was not able to pass in UP. Parang, uh, I wanna kill myself, my parents were not happy for me and everything. But you know what? When I shared the gospel with her, she told me, Rina, thank you. Because you gave me a reason to live again. How many of you want to hear more of that? And right now, that girl, my blockmate, is actually inviting my other blockmates to have life groups, to have one-to-one. -one. Like, wow, like, girl, you gonna... You know, the power of the gospel has also the power to be confident, to be strong, not to be ashamed. And as what Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Ladies and gentlemen, someone is waiting for you out there. Someone is waiting for you to share the gospel, ma'am and sir. Again, it's not just us students or the pastors or the campus ministers who has the ability to reach out. You also have a part here. Your encouragement, your time, your prayer have an impact.
and it will go along me. And you will see this world change. You will see this world be transformed by the power of the gospel. It's the same power that enables me to speak in front of you. The same power that will allow you to share the gospel to the next generation. The same spirit that allows me to, to share the gospel to other people. The same spirit that will allow you to speak life. Ladies and gentlemen, together we will change the world. Together we will change life. And together we will change the generation. Thank you so much. Wow. Now we've heard. I'm amazed. She's just 18 years old. And then when I see her, Lord, I cannot have any excuse not to preach the gospel. She is preaching here in front of a thousand people. Not even ashamed of whatever judgments that people may bring because she's already defined by the gospel. Imagine if we reach students in the campuses what stories await us? Yep. And we're just one step away. Preaching. Preach the gospel to the next generation. Again, she said, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Say everyone. everyone. That's from all age groups. First to the Jew, then to the Gentiles. And I told you earlier, as I'm about to end, I told you earlier about this guy that I met. He was tall. This was actually him. When we attended the service together, he was right there. But what I won't forget from my discipleship process with him was when I was sharing the one-to-one with him, the chapter 2. If you haven't gone through one-to-one yet, please do so. And then in chapter 2, he was saying, Okay, Koy John, I, I now know it. Okay, it's Lordship demands obedience. Lordship begins in the heart and and then he went away again. Sabi ko, wow, rejection ulit. And then he went, so I was observing him. What he did was, he went there, hey, Lordship is a continuous walk. Hey, Lordship is a continuous walk. Hey, Lordship is a continuous walk. Apparently, he was telling his classmates, about, about 20 of them in the basketball court, was telling them, hey, Lordship is a continuous walk. Lordship is a continuous walk. Lordship is a continuous walk. Then he sat down beside me again and he told me, okay, Zan, I'm not gonna forget. What you told me, Lordship is a continuous walk. October last year, we went nila Pastor Edre on a mission trip. And when I went back here, you know, his aunt, right? His aunt had a boyfriend who told me, John, I have news for you. Matt died in a car accident. Sabi ko, Lord, this was a child that I was seeing potential in. This is a child that I've been, Lord, if the gospel has changed him and I saw that potential, Lord, what happened now? Lord, I love him. I I preached the gospel to him. I was seeing these things happen in his life. And this is how it hurts so much to actually lose a son. And then he spoke to me. That's also what I felt when I lose my son. Just so that you can be invited into my kingdom. But don't worry, because my son rose again from the dead. And because Matt accepted him, then he will rise again with me. And He is actually here with me. So there's no need to worry because in me, there is perfect peace. In me, there is perfect love. In me, there is perfect life. And He is here in me without tears, without pain. But then God made me realize, yes, son, Matt may not, Matt may not be with you physically. He's here with me. But out there are a lot of Matts who may be living in form, but whose hearts are empty because they don't have the gospel yet. 
Shall we go out there and reach out, seizing the opportunity, not waiting? I was wondering, sabi ko, Lord, what if hindi ko pala na-share yung gospel sa kanya and it happened? It would haunt me. But then, thank you, Jesus, because you made an opportunity for him to get to know you the way, the truth, and the life. So now his message does not end in death, but his message ends in life because you are alive and because you resurrected again from the dead. This is the power of the gospel. It's the power to bring life. And this is also the message of the father reaching out to his children. Will you come back to me? Will you come back to my love? Because together, when we change the campus, we change the world. So I want to invite you to stand up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we all just raise up our hand? Father, we come before you, God. Thank you, God, for what you did in us. Thank you, God, for giving us life to the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you empower us to preach the gospel so that when we change, Lord, lives, we change a family, we change the community, we change the world, and we see this nation because you are the only God of this nation. You're the only God of the Philippines. You're the only God of this world. We thank you, God, for this time. Use us, Lord. Commission us to go and make disciples of all nations. Commission us, Lord, to make disciples of the youth in the campuses. We thank you, God, for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.